Breathe in. Breathe out. Frustrated with your pain or injury? That sucks, but I'm here to help. Hi, my name is Denise DeShetler, and I'm a body worker and educator. Why is it so hard to find the care we need to feel better? Most of my clients have asked that question for years until we started working together. Now I'm going to help you find those answers. I'll explore different health disciplines and chat with talented practitioners. We'll share our insights and practical advice to help you get the results you need to feel good again. Because seeking the right care for your health can be a pain in the arse. But with me, your wellness journey will turn into a fun-filled adventure. Buckle up, baby, for the Passionate Health Advocate Show. Welcome, everybody. Today is our seventh episode of the Passionate Health Advocate Show podcast, and I've been getting some great reviews. Thank you so much who all have rated and reviewed the show, and I want to give a shout out to Teddy Benz. He wrote, as someone who is very concerned with my health, I find this podcast a great asset, chock full of information that is at a minimum interesting and maximum life-changing. Woohoo! Well, I hope so. I mean, I hope you're entertained at the very least. And if this can change one person's life, I think my work here is done. So thank you all for listening and enjoy today's episode. Oh, my phone is ringing. Hey, I'm getting a call from Jaron and Sydney in Colorado Springs. Hi, guys. Hi. How are you today? Good. I hear you have something to tell me. We want to tell, tell you a joke. Okay, what is it? What did the left eye say to the right eye? What? Just between us, something smells. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, now I'm ready to take flight. Let's go further explore this cat and cow business. Buckle up. Welcome to the land of yoga. We are searching for Leanne Wolke, the entrepreneur, life coach, yogi, and firewalk instructor. Is that you? Absolutely. Well, hi, Leanne. I'm so excited we found you. That's great. Yes. So what is yoga? Yoga is a way to calm the fluctuations of the mind. So a lot of times in the mind, the mind is bouncing, either worrying about the future or concerned about the past. But yoga is really a way to allow your mind to quiet so you can be present in the here and in the now. It's uh, got physical postures that we move through as a tool to help calm the mind. There's some breathing practices that we do to help calm the mind. But everything really is so that you can calm the mind. Really interesting because I... I just think about turning myself into a pretzel. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's what a lot of people think is they think, okay, yoga is about Cirque du Soleil contortionism. And it's really not any of that. Wow. Okay. Well, I guess we landed in the right place because already I'm, I, I'm learning something new. Nice. Okay. So what, 
you know, what brought you to the land of yoga? Stress. So I found that I had a very stressful job and um, I actually felt nauseous on my way to work. And Mm. I knew that that was not a good thing. Um, And what I noticed is the days that I did yoga before going into the office, I didn't feel like I was going to throw up on the way going in. Wow. So I, I knew that something was happening to help modulate the stress. And so I was committed to learning more as a researcher. I just needed to know why and I needed to know how. And, and I, I felt compelled to continue to study that. Nice. Okay. That's good to know. So, you know, it's obviously helping you. Um, how can yoga help, you know, us? Yoga can help you in a lot of ways. Most people find that they are worried about things outside of themselves. Yoga really helps you get to know yourself better so that you can connect with that, that you who's inside. Um, it helps to disidentify with all the things that aren't you, like your job, you know, whatever else it is we identify with. Yoga really helps you to look at what comes up and realize like, okay, that's just a thought. That's not me. For example, if you're in a yoga class and you stay in a yoga pose for a really long time, sometimes people start to get a little frustrated or grumpy or upset with the teacher. And what I always tell people is, well, that's not the only place that shows up. How you do anything is how you do everything. So if you're angry on the freeway because somebody cuts you off, well, you're probably angry at the yoga teacher that keeps you there too long. When you can have that feeling come up and not react, but you can just stay and get curious and be an inquiry about it, that's where the real practice happens. It's this this curiosity, this sense of self-discovery, like where can I find more space in between my breath, in between my body? Where can I you know, notice without the reaction? So it's almost like that space between the stimulus and the response. It's that space that it leads you to. So you can choose how you respond instead of just being like Pavlov's dog that, you know, the bell rings and you salivate. Wow. Okay. So that really makes a lot of sense. So it is a kind of like a physical way to reach the mind to help us calm down in our day to day. Yeah, we know that yoga helps to tone the vagal nerve. Um, yogis have known that yoga works. I've you know, known for the last 25 years that yoga helps modulate stress. Now science is catching up and we're able to have the proof of why it works. So yoga calms the vagal nerve, which affects the parasympathetic nervous system, which is a part of your nervous system that governs fight or flight. So if you're, or sorry, no, <laughs> the sympathetic, it calms the sympathetic nervous system and activates the parasympathetic. So it's this self-regulation via the vagal nerve. And as you increase vagal nerve tone, you're better able to deal with crises without going into that sympathetic response. Got it. Okay. So it's better self-regulation. For kids, it's great because mm-hmm. kids sometimes, even if kids have um, ADHD or other things going on, self-regulation in a school environment when they're forced to be in very specific parameters can be super hard. We know that yoga can help them learn to better self-regulate. Nice. Nice. Well, self-regulate, I think any person on the planet could, could benefit from that. So that's, that's, oh, that's, that's fascinating. You know, it helps the CEO make a better decision. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they're not, it's not that knee jerk stimulus response. It's not that, that limbic system overtaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we're not going on autopilot and just Mm -hmm. reacting all the time. That's, oh, well, I can know I could use more of that for sure. So do you know if there, you know, or what do you think is the biggest misconception about yoga? I think the biggest misconception is that you have to be flexible. Mm. Um, you know, what somebody once said is that you don't have to be flexible in your body. You only have to be flexible in your mind. And most people have this preconceived notion of what it needs to look like for it to be yoga. I've taught people yoga with one leg. I've taught people yoga sitting in a chair after surgery. Um, I've taught children. I've taught special needs kids. So it doesn't have to look the same way to get the same results. Nice, was, nice. Yeah. There was a study that looked at yoga for hypertension, for anxiety and depression, I think a few different indications. And the practice was very similar. So they began to wonder, how is it that the same basic practice is modulating all of these different indices? And they were able to figure out like, it's the self-regulation. It's these underlying principles that are the same. So when someone can, the body can better self-regulate, the person can better self-regulate. It's the body, it seeks homeostasis. It wants to be in balance. Mm, and mm-hmm. so we're just giving it the ability to get back to that prime optimal functioning point. Got it. So yeah, so it sounds like, you know, you don't have to be, you know, a contortionist, just come mm-hmm. with an open mind and and see if this works for you. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And, and not be, and be willing to, we always say, be willing to let the whole thing fall apart. Like it doesn't matter if you fall mm-hmm. out of a pose. It depends on your reaction to falling out. Do you get back in or do you have an internal narrative like, oh, I can't do anything right. That's the part of it that's interesting. That is interesting. (laughs) That is interesting that, yeah, it's okay to fall out of a pose. I mean, who would have known that? And we find that then when people get okay with falling or failing or whatever you want to call it, then they're okay with taking more risks because it's not a win-lose scenario, Mm. right? So people think that it's, You either do it or don't do it instead of like, well, let me look at this as a game. Let me look at it. If I look at it as a game and I'm curious, like, well, if I press my right big toe down, I can keep my balance in this pose. Okay. I tried that. I fell. Okay. Let me try the left side now. So if you look at it, like it's just trying to see what works, where can Mm -hmm. you find more stability in your body and your breath and your posture, then that's fantastic. It's, but it's not about like, doing it perfectly, mastering a pose. That's great. So it sounds like we can explore our own body as we explore this practice, this yoga practice. Exactly. That's very cool. So do you think um, when you're working, because you've been working for 25 years now in yoga, um, what do you find is the biggest challenge your students have and how do you help them overcome it? Oh gosh, the biggest student challenge, I would say, is self-limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. There's a pose that we do a lot called uh, bakasana or crow pose. And the hands are on the floor, the knees are on the upper triceps, and the feet are touching off the floor. 
So it's an arm balance. And a lot of times people say like, oh, I'm not strong enough. I can't do that. And that is such a bunch of nonsense because it's about stacking the joints. So I can have a 65-year-old, 70-year-old do that pose if they're stacked correctly. But most people, their fear overrides the ability to do it. So when you let go of what you think you know and you're willing to get curious and to try things on, that's the practice. You know, So it's the belief of, oh, I can't do that, which is the biggest hurdle for people. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So laws of physics, that's Mm -hmm. on your side. You just got to get out of your own way. Yeah. Make it happen. Okay. I once had some, sorry, I I once had somebody come in and do that pose and she's like, oh, I can't do it. And I didn't know her well. And I just blurted out like, well, what other nonsense are you telling yourself you can't do? And she was like, "Oh, oh my gosh, you're so right. And wow. you know, for her, that was huge. And then she was able to switch some things in her life. She went to a yoga teacher training program and later sent me this big, long email saying, you were so right. Oh my gosh. I was limiting myself in all these ways. Nice. <laughs> you called her on it. That's great. I did. Right. Yeah. And that's like, there's no faking, like the practice works if you do it. Mm-hmm. There's, and there's you're no, honest. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you have to just see like, am I showing up and doing the practice or not? All right. Yes. That's being honest with yourself where you're at and uh, creating the space to move into exploring where yoga can take you with radical self-acceptance. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a, (laughs) that's a tough one. That's a journey. That's probably a life journey for a lot of us. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the passionate health advocate dance break. Now get up and shake your thing. What's your advice on how someone can find a qualified instructor in yoga? I would say try, like go to a class and see what resonates with you because somebody could be qualified and it's not going to be a good fit for you, depending on your personality, depending on what you want. Um, I had moved from Southern California to Philadelphia and in Southern California, I had a very vigorous physical practice and I moved to Philadelphia in the late or mid nineties and yoga wasn't quite as big there unbeknownst to me. Um, And I went to what was called a yoga class and it was very different than what I had experienced in California. So it was more like gentle stretching, which is lovely and fine, but it wasn't what I was looking for. So I always tell people try until you find something that you like and then do that for as long as it feels good. And then if that doesn't feel good any longer, try something else. I was going to say, uh, I think that's great advice just because I know people in my life um, have tried yoga and they tried once and the instructor didn't resonate with them. And so they kind of just threw off all of yoga Mm -hmm. because of that. I had somebody who went to a class and the girl was, you know, very metaphysical, spiritual, whatever she was, but she basically taught the, her class with her eyes closed. Mm. 
So the teacher in training of mine that went, she texted me after and said, oh my gosh, I didn't know if the girl was blind or not because she had her eyes closed the whole time. So you want an instructor that can see you and give you cues and tools that are relevant to you, not can jargon. You want somebody that really sees you and that you connect with. Yes, that is so important. And I know also in my practice, you know, people ask me about yoga all the time and I'm always trying to tell them, you know, it needs to work for you just because you hear that everyone's doing yoga. You need to understand why you want to do yoga and then make it an enjoyable practice, you know? And so I think the key also, like you said, the yoga instructor needs to see you. I want people to know that they can feel safe when they're at a yoga practice, like they're going to be taken care of. So if they feel that they resonate with someone and that they're taken care of, I think that's a big thing. And a big thing is, is that the student ultimately holds the responsibility. So a lot of times this whole thing about safety, it's the student's responsibility to listen to their own body. If somebody says to do something and it doesn't feel good in the body and you continue to do it, you want to ask yourself, why am I not listening to my body? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's super important to maintain that sense of personal responsibility. Yes. And it might be finding your voice to say, no, thank you. My, you know, my foot doesn't want to go there. And that can be empowering for people. That could be the biggest breakthrough they have is learning to speak up for themselves. I think that's, that's a, a valid point because all of this process is, you know, you're a partner in the process. I think what comes up for me, um, at least, you know, with clients that I deal with in my practice, they have a hard time to distinguish between what is, you know, not appropriate for me, like what's not appropriate for my body and what is uncomfortable. Like I'm yes. more like stretching and growing. So do, is there any way you can talk on that? Absolutely. So you should be able to, like in yoga, you want to be able to breathe through your nose. You shouldn't be breathing through your mouth. If you're breathing through your mouth, you're stressed or trying too hard. Mm. So the breath should be steady and even, right? There should be some sensation, but no pain. Okay. And when you go into that pain and you begin the gripping, that's too far. Okay. So if you can stay in a pose, even if your thigh feels like it's on fire, but you can still breathe through it, you'll be safe, right? It's when you start to send those fear signals to your body because there's gripping and you're holding and fear sets in, that's that's gone too far. It's not where you should be. Mm. Thank you so much. I wish I had that information a long time ago. People ask me this all the time and then that's just, okay, so now we have some key elements for how people can work in the practice mm-hmm. and so they can feel safe and know when to pull out and it's up to them to speak up. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. You know, I think it's, there's this big misnomer. Um, There's an organization that registers yoga teachers, but it is in no way a certifying body. Mm. So you can ask what experience does your yoga teacher have, but it's very different depending based on where they got their certificate. Most certificates are a 200 hour, like entry level. Um, but then how much have they taught? How much have they studied? And are they able to communicate well? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause somebody could have all of the certifications, but not really see their students or not connect with their students. And somebody who's brand new might be the better class for that individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say, just try. 
Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for clearing that up because there's so much ambiguity around, you know, a lot of our fields that do really good, but there's a lot of people, there's a lot of different certifications, a lot of different experiences. And so it's, you know, do your due diligence of searching, asking the right questions, and then just trying and seeing if it resonates with you. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. So do you have, um, any services that you are offering that, you know, maybe our listeners can explore? Absolutely. We have um, a full schedule of online classes at Epic Yoga and epicyogaonline.com. So we've got 25 plus classes a week online. So people can take them from their home or wherever they're at. Um, our instructors are watching the students just as they would in the studio. And they can see you and they can cue to what they see. In some ways, we're actually able to see more online than we can in the studio, just based on spatial parameters. And, you know, there's not as many things to to coordinate um, online virtually than in the studio for managing temperature and and other variables. Um, So we found that that's a great way that people can, in the comfort of their home, learn the practice in a way that doesn't feel intimidating because you don't have to go somewhere. Um, And with different people, we have a foundations class that goes over basic principles of the practice, you know, so people can get comfortable with the basics and then they can explore from there. Oh, that's such an inviting first step, being at your own home, feeling homey, having the temperature you need and getting cues online. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's, it's like the best of both worlds until you go out there physically. And it's, you know, it's so different than YouTube because YouTube, there's tons of free yoga videos out there, but a lot of people come in and they're like, well, I don't know if my hand, where are my hands supposed to be? Cause I'm looking at the video. So if you're looking at a video, you're cranking your neck the opposite direction, trying to see and trying to figure out versus someone just guiding you through it and having that assurance. You know, we talked about wanting to feel safe in your body. Well, getting that immediate feedback, like, yes, that looks right, Denise. Perfect. Oh, that's so good. I have to say I've done some, you know, now that we've been in quarantine, um, I've done some online yoga and that is probably my biggest beef is that in order for me to see what's the next step, I have to tweak my body out of a pose to do it. So this is, this is, sounds like an answer for that. Mm-hmm. Great. We always say in the studio, there's like what people, what we call the bathroom pose. And it's typically the pose that you don't like, that you immediately feel the need to go to the restroom or to have a <laughs> drink of water or adjust your pants. And what we've noticed in the online world is there aren't as many bathroom breaks. Oh, okay. So people are actually staying more present and dialed in on their mat than in the studio. That's great. Okay, everybody. That's something we should definitely try. (laughs) We don't have to have as many bathroom breaks. That's great. Okay. So if we want to learn more, where can we find you? You can find um, me online at uh, our website is epicyogaonline.com for our online studio. Our physical studio is epicyogacenter.com. On Instagram, I'm epicyogalife with some underscores in there. And then the studio is Epic Yoga Online or Epic Yoga Center. Great. Okay. Well, thanks, Leanne, for being our guide in the land of yoga. My pleasure. Thanks so much. 
Thanks for joining the Passionate Health Advocate Show with your host, Denise DeShutler. Like what you hear? Then subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.